We have breaking news. Ashley Cole has just signed for the LA Galaxy. We go now to a live press conference with Mr. Cole. Ashley, Mr. Cole, thank you so much for making the time for our questions. I bet you're really happy to be in LA, right? Well, it's great to be here. Nice to sink my toes into the sand. Ashley, Ashley, over here. What are you hoping to achieve on the field with LA? Well, this is a great franchise that has brought so many great players under its umbrella. I've been warned there are some sharks in the press here, but so far it's pretty good. Ashley, how do you see yourself fitting into the American soccer landscape? Well, I'm just hoping to ride this wave out and stay on my board. High tide or low tide, it's important to keep afloat. Psst. Hey, Notch. It's a bit odd that he's wearing a Hawaiian shirt, shorts, and slippers to this thing, yeah? Coming to you from the Twin Cities, this is Toughcast. Happy New Year, boys and girls. Hashtag Hello2016. This is Toughcast, back with episode number 35. I'm your co-host, Notch, along with Jeff. Jeff, you're back to your usual whiskey mixers. How is that stuff today oh, on your lips? Oh, great. I, uh, I couldn't ask for anything better. It's on ice this time, too. Is Last it rye? It is rye. They do have a bourbon, which I haven't tried yet, but I really like their rye. Highly recommended. Good potency. What do you have over there? I have some Lagavulin. I brought it back from Turkey... Uh, Bought it at the duty free because you know when you go through an airport you gotta pick up some low price whiskey. Of That's course. just a way of life. Absolutely. And I haven't had it for a little while, and I, so I decided to try some. And man, the first thing that I got to say is that it smells like. I, th- I think the best thing I can go with is the sea. Really? Why is that? It just I, you smell. It's not fishy, but it's kind of like not not. I, <laughs> the word deposit man is rancid. It's not that. It's just, it's just kind of pungent, you know? I think pungent's the right word. Tastes delicious. Super smooth. Lagavulin is a very smooth scotch, and I love it. But mm-hmm. it's just like, when if, if I just had to, like, say if I worked in the Lagavulin distillery, mm-hmm. I would not be a happy man. Okay. Well, I'd be a very happy man after I left, but while I was at the distillery, <laughs> probably not. It's because it tastes like the sea. Oh, goddammit. So that's, like, perfect for Ashley Cole. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and and we should clarify to listeners, Ashley Cole has not yet signed for the LA Galaxy. There's been some articles saying that he is very close to a signing, and Bruce Arena himself, uh, their coach, has, has been trying to get him. Uh, which is a little funny to me, considering the guy talked about coming to MLS just last year as uh, going to relax on a beach. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll get there in a second. Uh, we have, we're actually going to cover some MLS stuff this week. Just That's a little weird. bit. Just a little bit. Just enough. Yeah. Um, just a quick update. Still no news on that iTunes feed. For some reason, I don't know why, man. They just, they, you must have said some pretty rancid stuff about Apple. I know that you're a desktop guy. I know that you're PC. But why did you have to hate on Apple if we're trying to get a new feed? I mean, by this time, it was too late. I've hated on Apple my entire life, dude. Like, there's one thing for sure in my life. It's that I will hate on Apple products and Apple users. It's something like I was a child, an impressionable young child, and then Justin Long came on the TV and oh. with his hipstery attitude and saying, I'm a Mac. I'm way cooler guy. than you guys. And like I was like, nah, son, you ain't. Uh, in that voice, because I was down to the streets. That was, was a living pretty in authentic accent. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. I feel like I was right there. Nah, man. So, so we don't have a new feed yet. Hopefully soon. I'm gonna try to get some get some stuff on that. But we just actually get to break some freaking news today. We had a lot. So we started prepping for this at about five o'clock, and we're recording this right now, Central Time, seven forty-five. Two hours and forty-five minutes of prep without a single highlight to watch. That's a lot. Now. When we got here, we thought we were just going to be talking a little bit about three goalkeepers signed to Lauderdale. We're going to be talking about... It's a quiet week! You know, it seemed like a quiet week. 
and then suddenly the entire soccer internet exploded, both the USL and the MLS style. So let's start with the USL, which terminated... Well, here's what the press release says. This has been terminated. We have got rid of this Rochester Rhinos ownership. I'll be back. Arnold, is that you? Right. Arnold, come back. All right. Um, yeah, no, they term- They say that they terminated the Rochester Rhinos ownership group for, quote, failing to meet the USL standards. Except another article that I read said that the ownership group had already decided that they weren't going to run the next team, the team next year. By the way, Rochester Rhinos are the 2015 USL champions. Mm-hmm. So the owner basically said in this new article, we've been losing hundreds of thousands of dollars, several hundreds of thousands. So we weren't going to run the team. USL came in and said, all right, we're taking over. And I was like, great, go ahead. Go right ahead. This is not an exact quote. He does not sound Well, that like sounds me. pretty businessy. I don't know. Right? High exactly. business. I mean, this is, this is like the USL franchise. Uh, since MLS was founded, this are uh, the Rochester Rhinos are the only lower division U.S. team to have won the U.S. Open Cup. In they were also considered as kind of a natural fit for MLS. Mm-hmm. A little quick history lesson: Rhinos had also been part of the NAS- NASL consortium that broke away from USL. But at the end of the day, about a year and a half later, when it was actually the split was made final. The Rhinos chose to remain in USL because the standards for NASL had gone up too much. So there was always a rumor that the Rhinos ownership didn't want to spend more. Now, there have been some recent rumors about debt on stadium and all this kind of lurid stuff that I don't want to go into right now. The point is, the USL champions, the people who were able to win the league, were ostensibly not happy with how much it costs to be in the the league. And they're gone. Now, this is a good thing for USL that they've got this sorted out. Unfortunately, it's not a good thing to have it sorted out three months before the season ends, to have it so abruptly. And then I got a little annoyed by them coming in saying, terminated. Uh, It's like, no, guys, you just took over for a guy who wanted to kill his team. So I'm happy for Rochester fans. We'll see what happens in the long term, but at the moment, this is an atrocious way to do this. Yeah. One encouraging piece of business out of this is that the entire staff and personnel of Rochester Reiners outside of the ownership group will be retained. They will be held on to, so no other jobs were lost, which is good, because often in turnovers like this, it's kind of a cleaning of house and everything. So. Exactly. The only person sent to the chopper is Rob Clark, the owner. So anyway, let, let's move on. We'll see what happens with the Rochester Rhino story in USL. Mm-hmm. From uh, the third division to the first division. Exactly. And more fires that need to be put out. Or, Absolute. But a little bit older. Peter Novak left the union when? Philadelphia Union? 2012. Okay. So he had some sort of wrongful termination lawsuit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he filed a lawsuit. That was, at this point, it's further along in the process and probably going to be wrapped up, or was planned to be wrapped up in about a couple of weeks from here. So, Jonathan Tannenwald, who's one of the co-hosts of Soccer Morning, writes for Philly Sport. You can follow him at the goalkeeper, spelled as you would imagine. Highly recommend that follow. St- got his hands on the 200-page uh, filings of this court case. And in it, there are some very shocking... Uh, revelations regarding his regime, both with the Philadelphia Union from 2010 to 2012, as well as when he was the coach of DC United from 2004 to 2006. Now, he had been a player for the Chicago Fire um, in the early stages of the MLS. He was actually the first person to win MLS Cup as a player and a coach. So Mm. he goes... Did he win it with DC United? uh, Yes, they won during his first regime. So it was a... um, I mean, he is a, a, a pretty substantial figure for the MLS, especially early kind of phase one MLS, which is what they were in until about three years ago, you could argue. So it, it came through that, let's see, spanking. where do you start? Yeah, spanking. exactly. Let's start, start with, with the spanking. Start with the spanking. 
<laughs> Where is your laugh? head? It's like serious hazing. It's so messed up that a coach is spanking rookies as mm-hmm. part of hazing. Mm-hmm. I. It was twenty. The late 2000s. This is happening in the late 2000s, yeah. early 2010s. Yeah. That a coach thinks it's appropriate to spank professional athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Putting two and two together, uh, one of the notable rookies that was under his regime was Freddie Adu back in the day, which well, is unfortunate. We do not know of any particular individual that has been spanked. It must be made clear at this point. That is um, that is. Good, well, good I, I can see Peter Novak like somewhere in the like you know, high point of his soccer career, like sitting in a dominatrix club somewhere, being like watching some dominatrix, like, and he's back there being like, hmm, this is turning me on a lot. I bet this would be great to use in training when I'm a coach. You know? <laughs> Just unreal. Unreal. He also said that concussions are not real. Mm-hmm. Uh, call people who said that they had concussions pussies. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Taylor Twelman has confirmed this as mm-hmm. something he also heard Novak say. Mm-hmm. It's messed up, man. A guy who was put in charge of a franchise like that. An early franchise. I mean, the union was very new at this point, too. Yeah. Um, he also was reported to have denied players water on a 10 to 12 mile run in the 80 something degree heat, despite the personal tra- the team's trainer saying how f- awful of an idea that was. Still went through with it, said they needed to build up their toughness or something. Um, this guy is basically a frat boy meathead gone bad. Uh, oh, God. And, and hopefully this... this proves to be some something of a watershed moment for hazing in sports mm-hmm. uh, I, I i hope so um but i think uh, there were some also some funny things he had said about nick sakevich basically said he has no idea what he's doing yeah <laughs> and, and then steve doesn't have any money and, and then sakevich like, says he never made a knee-jerk reaction in his life which is hilarious on its own right mm-hmm. um there are only two reported times in which the MLS Players Union has been asked by the players for confidentiality when they are going to report mistreatment from a coach both of them were when he was the coach of the team. Yeah. So, I mean, he's been out of the league for three years now. He's coaching in, um, where is it again? You, you said he was somewhere in the academy. Yeah, he's, he he's like special advisor to one and then another. Antigua, I think it yeah. is. Um, so he's, he's long gone. His contract with the union was set to expire on New Year's Eve of this past year. So five days ago from when we're recording this. The, there's no way he's going to ever work again in the U.S. Not in America. Hopefully. No, Let's absolutely so. not. So that's, that is still being formed. Again, go follow at the goalkeeper for Jonathan Tannevald to get all the updates on that. A few other things. Drogba watches in day 52. I didn't make that number up. It sounds sarcastic, but on November 15th, when it was reported that Drogba was going to be training over at Stanford Bridge, um, he said something to the extent of, to train, why not? It's something we have to discuss with the club here. I belong to the Montreal Impact. Stay in shape. Of course, I'm going to go train. But to play, I'm not too hot on that idea. I want to rest well and be ready for this league, referring to the MLS. Cool. Chelsea wants him to coach with all the turnover going on lately because he's such a good locker room presence. I just want to be relegated, man. I really want Chelsea to go down. But they freaking won this week. I know. It's too bad. But it anyway. Gonna, it was never going to happen with the transfer we, window. We did, speaking of trades, have two Galaxy players, two MLS players, go on to high-profile moves in Liga MX, which is pretty cool. I thought uh, Omar Gonzalez's reveal in particular was pretty funny because they the had Darth him come Vader out as Darth Vader. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were listening to Tough Cast and being like, man, the Star Wars thing's super cool, guys. It's we so hot do- right now. We yeah. should get on it. Thanks, Tough Cast. Juninho also left. And now, to replace these two guys... They're talking about bringing in Mr. I want to relax on a beach. So anyway, hopefully that does not 
happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, some Minnesota soccer news, Jeff. Yeah, uh, Jackson Ewell of Bloomington was called up to the U-20 January camp. Um, I mean, he was on the freshman best 11 this last year. He played for plays for UCLA, I should say. He's not going to be in the draft this year. Um, he's a midfielder, UCLA, like I said, described as a product of the Minnesota Thunder Academy, which is true. He was one of the most consistent contributors to the UCLA attack throughout the season. This is all from top drawer soccer. His sharp vision and quality passing helped him earn a spot on the Pac-12 first team as well as a freshman. So one cool of the highest rated American college soccer prospects right now. And Ethan Finlay, born in, I think it's Duluth, Duluth, is off to the U20, or not the U20, the USMNT January Camp Cupcake as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, super cool. Two Minnesotans off with national team duty. And there's still a, a rumored chance that, uh, even though he's injured right now, Cody Cropper might be there, at least taking notes or something. I don't know. Anything you want to talk about with the NPSL? <laughs> Maybe next year when when this pod when Minnesota United goes to MLS, we might have to start thinking about slightly more national news. But it's so hard to keep up, man. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I see tweets. I now follow the Chad hooligans and some Chattanooga folks because mm-hmm. uh, of that whole Garber controversy. Oh, yes. And sometimes they like bring up like serious stories about the NPS and nobody else is talking. But I'm like, how did I not know about this? It's too much news, man. We need to go back to the days where America only had one major soccer league, just so that we can ign- safely ignore everything else. I mean. As opposed to now where we have four plus major soccer leagues and most of America ignores it anyway. Oh, burn. Speaking of ignoring soccer, two of us are going to go off to watch a Minnesota Vikings game this Sunday. Why? What the hell? (laughs) Yeah, it depends if we can brave the zero degree temperature, which is a legitimate question right now. It's four degrees high and negative eight. Uh, It's going to be the last outdoor game the Vikings probably ever play in our lifetime. So the new stadium opens soon. That's true. And so it's, it's the last game at TCF, probably. Which so last night, on a whim, we're both like, yeah, let's totally buy tickets without checking the weather. Right. And then today we check the weather. So we'll let you know next week. If you week don't if we hear an episode of Tough Cause next week, check the Minnesota hospital logs. It might be because we're dead. Otherwise, head up to Section 232 in TCF Bank Stadium. Grab your ice pick and free us, if you would. That'd be Yeah, that'd too. be really nice. Yeah. Moving right along to NASL news now. What's the NASL? Okay. All right, it's MLS Forum. Oh, uh, that's right. I forgot about that. So, so we're, we're first talking about a big trade that happened last week, pretty much the day after we recorded the pod, because that's the cue for NASLPR to be like, all right, guys, all the big news now. Mm-hmm. Uh, FTL, Fort Lauderdale, gave up James Marcelin. They sent him over to Carolina in exchange for Neil Lavity, formerly of Edmonton, formerly of Minnesota Stars. Mm-hmm. Marcelin, of course, plays on the Honduran national team. He's pretty darn good, in my opinion. I thought he was a pretty solid... Uh, guy in the Fort Lauderdale setup Best 11 last year. last year. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And and Lavity is, is experienced. I, I think he's still under 30. But he is um, an NASL D2 stalwart. And, and he's off to uh, Fort Lauderdale. I, I really do think that while Fort Lauderdale got somebody who's decent, pretty solid, Carolina easily quote unquote, won this trade. Marcel oh, no is way better. Absolutely. I mean, when one of the premier things we've talked about this at length over the off season when one of your best compliments for players that he's experienced you're not too excited about it and that's <laughs> that's just how it goes i mean last year uh marcelin had two goals to assist two team of the week noms but his value really was in protecting that defensive line yeah. when you have um people like i mean pino 
And when you have PC running the offense, you need to have those midfielders who can drop back. He's a big he guy. Was there. He's a big guy. He, he's he's very good at what he does. I I, I do think that uh, there's a little bit of interesting news. Neil Morris, uh, one of the Carolina guys, or, or longtime D2 reporter, said that Carolina was going to sign Marcelin, and Fort Lauderdale said we'll activate his option unless you give us Lavity. So, so that's the way this trade, quote-unquote, went down. Although there's some... Uh, question about whether Fort Lauderdale actually had an option on Marcelin. So, so this Neil is very reliable, so I trust him. So, so just keep that in mind. Strikers also added three goalkeepers because they had to get their squad training as of yesterday. They mm-hmm. started training yesterday, and they had to uh, basically announce signings in like threes and fours and fives and sixes. And they've got three goalkeepers all at the same time. Yeah, they got uh, the goalkeeper who will be known as Bruno. It was announced he wants to go by his first name, not his last name. So. Bruno, yeah. I can pull out this accent again, second time in the same episode, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why, but yeah. Bruno. <laughs> Bruno Cardoso, uh, who played for Palmeiras from Brazil for 18 years. He was under 13 when he was signed with these guys. That's crazy. He's going to be wearing the number one jersey. So that means that at the outset, he's probably the favorite to be the starter. Right. So... He, uh, when I looked at his profile, he basically had a couple of seasons where he played a lot of games, but mostly he had spent either, I don't know if it's just on the bench, injured, no idea. Like, yeah. He, he basically was not a major kind of starting dude, mm-hmm. but we also he have solid. Solid dude. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. I mean, he's going to be in competition with Diego Restrepo, probably, who's 27 years old. He was with the Rowdies for a couple of years, spent some time in Venezuela and the USL. He was very good with the Rowdies that first year, but next year, he basically, I think it was his Achilles that he blew out in the preseason and mm-hmm. just had to sit out. I think it was 2014. Uh, and he kind of, I think he was in Venezuela in 15, and now he's back or something like that. Yeah, and exactly I think he had a sure. six-year or a six-game stint in USL this last season. He also, surprisingly, was in the 2005 U17 World mm-hmm. Cup with America. He was. And, and so I think Restrepo is, they've got at least one guy who we know can cut it in NASL. And this Bruno dude, probably pretty good. They also signed a 17-year-old Western, Weston, Florida-born kid. Who's I think uh, was off in Argentina or Brazil or something I forget. Mm-hmm. And, anyway, he's he's been doing some uh, work with one of the clubs over there. The point is he's very young, not like he's a third choice, least likely to start. All right, can you cue your uh, German accent one more time? Okay, go ahead. Okay, so the strikers added two more Brazilians. Yeah, and, yep. one of them's name Adrianino, except his name is Adriano Manfred Laber. He's a dual citizen of Austria. And he received a call up by them in 2003. By the way, uh, all offended Germans, please, uh, I'm I, I, sorry, apologies <laughs> sincerely for, for modeling your, your pri- proud culture. Uh, yeah, so he, he didn't play for Austria, but he was called up back in the day. Dude has 250 appearances in three spells with Ponte Preta, who are a Serie A club in Brazil. He's also been with Corinthians and Flamengo, who hopefully people will recognize. But the, the funny thing is, soccer will only have statistics since 2008. So I don't know what he did before then. And he's pretty old at this point. I think he's like 35? I think so. 35, 36? Yeah. So since 200, 2008, he's only had 111 matches. And this is with two seasons where he played 20+. plus. So he had several seasons where he played very, very few games. So it remains to be seen. In uh, 13 and 14, he'd played 20-plus games. But in 15, he played virtually nothing but the probably the interesting part about this is if he's a 35 year old he's gonna be wearing the 10 yeah they they say he's gonna be the creative playmaker that's what they expect which is like dude you guys have pc or you're gonna start this guy ahead of pc right 
unless they're running the two of them at center attacking or at attacking mid, but that just seems bizarre. Uh, very attacking play, maybe. Oh, I mean that team in that general was going cool to be. To watch. That yeah. that would be super cool to watch. I actually did also see that Fort Lauderdale today appointed uh, Luca Kuku. They gave me a pronunciation guide. Kukochi, Kukachi. It's spelled C U C A T T I, but it's it's pronounced Kukachi. And he's been brought up into. He was kind of an advisor last year to the team. He's now the managing director uh, of the of the team. They also uh, cast some spells, did some chants at the later hours, and they were able to summon Cleberson's ghost. <laughs> so, so give me give me one second with Kukachi. Kukachi basically Sorry. in this signing, they they said that they've been revamping the team, bringing in new approaches to management, trying out new initiatives. They said that they were unhappy with the way the team was run last year. This is important because I heard some rumblings from various people that I had talked to that there were some disputes between the ownership group of Fort Lauderdale in 2015. Now we know one of the guys who used to own the strikers off in San Francisco. Right. We also know, I think we mentioned it last year, their Florida's official other team marketing nightmare. Correct. Was response was because of that guy, Jerome L, who's now in San Francisco. So the new CEO, Sean Guerin, who's a Florida guy, he's re he's basically recreating the team. And it's interesting. I'm not excited like entirely with a lot of these signings as Fort Lauderdale's making. Um, it seems like a bunch of retreads, to be perfectly honest. Some of them have potential to be great, but we won't know until the midseason. We had asked this a couple weeks ago. How many international spots do they have? Because they just filled three more, by my count. With? Cleberson, uh, Adrianino. Cleberson, Adri- I believe, has a green card. Okay, so then two. That's still two more. I mean, between yeah. Bruno and then the uh, with uh, Adrianino. Well, maybe NES will be nice and I'll be able to ask them for a list of international players. Should be interesting. We'll check it out. But you just said, yeah, they signed they signed a, a ghoulish par- apparition that was seen on the pitch for seven minutes in 2015. Yeah, the equivalent of Hamlet's father, really. Exactly. I believe Cleberson, after he dies, is going to donate his skull to theater productions of oh, nice. uh, Othello. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. What exactly. a good guy. Yeah. yeah. I we'll see. I mean, what's the over under here? Seven and a half minutes. Do you think he'll play more than seven and a half or less than seven and a half? <laughs> he has basically played nobody kind of reputation at the moment, but he did play twenty games in twenty fourteen. So we don't know, right? We don't know. He could be. I mean, it'll at least get the Brazilian community in Fort Lauderdale out. You know, the guy was a World Cup player, Manchester United. They, he's at least marketing fodder. He's excited. So there were some happy pictures of him with the overexposed and uh, uh, flat camera flash mm-hmm. on Instagram the other day. Okay. So we'll see. Billy Forbes, formerly of San Antonio Scorpions, has been uh, training with, or at least playing a game with Christian Ramirez, Kevin Venegas, uh, per his Instagram photos. And so immediately, NESL Soccer on Reddit was like, oh my god, he's signing with Minnesota! And I would be over the moon if Billy Forbes came here. But... And ESL Soccer conveniently forgot to mention that there was this fourth guy in the picture whose name I don't know, but was wearing an OKC Energy shirt. So Billy Forbes could be off to OKC Energy. Maybe he was one of the Rio protesters. Right. (laughs) Just had a leftover shirt. I I think Billy Forbes, I I would love to see him in Minnesota, but we have no idea where he's going to go. I did see a couple of other San Antonio guys heading off to other places, so hopefully announcements come soon. The Cosmos, New York Cosmos, re-signed goalie Brian Holt, who saw exactly 90 minutes of action in 2015. Uh, All I want to say about this is that I saw this piece of news, and in the photograph, I couldn't tell it was Brian Holt or Carl Zobeck, because I have no idea who these guys (laughs) are, and they both wear the same kit. So, whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. 
but in other Cosmos news, Haji Wright is very likely going to be off. It might be announced officially by the time that this gets posted that he'll be off to Schalke. And uh, it's been rumored for quite a while now, not a surprise signing. He sco- scored 27 goals in 35 games at the USA U-17, one of the highest rated under-20 prospects that America has right now. Um, he was in the Galaxy Academy from 2012 to 2014, which is seen as one of the better academies. And now he's going to be off. Fast guy, good at winning headers. Really cool to see him off in Germany. Good to see Cosmos kind of living up again to to that reputation of you can come here, hang out with us for a while, and then we won't stop stop you from, from heading out. So mm-hmm. I, th- I think this reflects well a lot of young guys now who are looking for a step up without the kind of uh, baggage that an MLS contract brings will want to now maybe hopefully think about people like the Cosmos, maybe other NASL teams. Bill Peterson, NASL commissioner, was interviewed, quote-unquote, by Matt Levine, the NASL digital content manager. I've never interviewed my boss, Jeff. I've just gone and asked him questions and got answers. Interesting. Well, if he writes the checks. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of MLSsoccer.com type. A source told MLSsoccer.com that Columbus Crew players are going to be called. Yeah, dude, you just called the Columbus Crew office who are work for the same freaking company you do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, same kind of deal over here. Anyway, Bill Peterson got quote-unquote interviewed. It, mostly same, samey, same stuff that we all heard. Puff piece, no uh, talk of the Silverbacks. But he did hint that there were going to be a, a, a focus on more commercial uh, tie-ins or, or a focus on building commercial relationships for the NASL. Things like sponsorships, things like getting a big-name TV contract, hopefully. So, Cool. Uh, we'll see what happens. Ryo OKC will announce their coach. I believe it's Thursday is what I remember them seeing. But although there are already rumors, it's going to be Alan Marcina. Uh, rumors are also this press conference might be held at the baggage claim of Oklahoma City Airport. <laughs> and there are rumors that they might actually have players on their team. Uh, yeah, for sure. I, I bet I bet they, they will. Um, also, I should mention, speaking of baggage claims, the two photographs posted from the Tampa Bay Rowdies of uh, Tom Heidemann arriving in... Uh, Tampa Bay, and one of Khalif Al-Hassan arriving in Tampa Bay. And first of all, Tom Heinemann's was hilarious because this guy from Minnesota basically claimed that he saw some, uh, let's see, uh, dribblage on his pants. Uh, and uh, I didn't see anything. I, I zoomed in. I'm not proud to say I cr- zoomed in on Tom Heinemann's crotch. And Just I didn't see it. any dribbling. But <laughs> the Tampa Bay Rowdy's account deleted the original photo and sent out a new version cut off at the waist. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody saved the original photo, sadly. But That's it's too bad. Hilarious uh, that they got so self-conscious. And then the first photo of Khalif al had him wearing a huge hat that said Minnesota in big letters. <laughs> wasn't a United hat, but still. Uh, yeah, they got to they gotta prove some of these photos. That Stick they to your roots, Khalif. All right, Always Jeff. Will love um, let us take a quick break here, and then we'll come back with some info on Miami and a few other signings. And we're back to tough cast. Well, there was an article yesterday on Sport 360 that purposed to be a Alessandro Nesta kind of focused piece, but had a kind of cool little bits of info on Paolo Maldini and Ricardo Silva as well, uh, with regards to Miami FC. The first thing is Maldini owns 10% of the club. He has, quote-unquote, property in Florida. They, they said that Nesta owns a house there or has lived there for three years, and Maldini owns property. I like, bet it's a strip mall. Right? I bet, bet you anything it's a strip mall. It's, it's just like a strip club. Ooh, or, um, yeah. Yeah, just, just an empty lot somewhere that has the word Paolo Maldini written in the grass. I could see that. Right? So, 
that was kind of interesting to find out that both of them have kind of roots in Florida now uh, or placed roots there. You also know that uh, Maldini is not going to move to Florida. He's going to jet in and out, quote unquote, whereas Nesta will stay there. He also talked about how he had Nesta day. He's been in touch with Carlo Ancelotti, who lives in Vancouver. Who knew? Uh, and he's been in touch with Ancelotti about coaching. And so he's kind of looking up to his people. But the most interesting piece of this article for me was Ricardo Silva's comments again. He talked about owning MLS squads versus owning ML- NASL squads and why he chose to invest now in a team. He said he'd been approached in the past about investing in European teams, but he said the fans in Europe are way too fickle. One minute you're on top, the next minute if you just lose a few games, the fans turn on you, they, they become uh, quite rabid. And so he decided to come to America where he says the fans aren't less passionate, they're just the support is healthier, which is why he invested there. He also talked about how he doesn't like the kind of single entity nature of MLS and wants to be in an NASL kind of structure where you own your own brand, your players. There's more freedom in terms of management and selecting the squads. Mm-hmm. And he said there is bigger potential. So take that for what you will. Again, another smart businessman telling us his perspective on U.S. soccer. I dig it. No, I mean, that seems that seems like a good take on it. I, I like the thing about, you know, fans seem like they have a healthier passion about it because you see lifers just across pretty much any sport is just, you know, yep, I, I support this team through thick and thin, that sort of thing. Just ask Cubs fans. So that's a pretty cool thing to see. Um, going across the state to Tampa Bay, uh, they made some re-signings. All were rookies last year, or first-year pros, I guess, is probably the more accurate phrase for them. Another goalkeeper I've never heard of, Chris Glodak. Oh, of course. played the, zero minutes. The Chris Glodak. And then, um, oh, do you want to keep going with the... Uh, Two midfielders? Yeah, uh, Jeff Michaud, or Michaud, if you're uh, that way inclined. He played 32 minutes. Werner Valima. He's Finnish, so mm. I thought I'd use my uh, horrible Finnish accent. It sounded Italian. Right, and he's played 122 minutes with one start in 2015. So, cool, cool, bringing some young talent again. Carolina also picked up Brian Shriver. This is a dude who'd played three years in Fort Lauderdale before he spent two years in Carolina, earned the 2013 NASL Golden, it's a golden Boot for 15 goals. And he actually scored 15 goals in the following two years. Uh, in Tampa Bay. He never quite gelled in the Tampa Bay system. Um, decent players, another solid pickup for Carolina. Can't complain. He was good when he was there. So I've seen a lot of Raylocks fans be pretty happy with this. Yeah, and I'd say that overall, I mean, between the trade that we talked about earlier, you know, acquiring Marcelin and then this, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a good combo of players to bring in. Tampa Bay also brought back Juan Guerra. And his haircut. And his haircut. Most importantly, his haircut. Um, I was tweeting back and forth with Daniel of Unsub Podcast for a while. Uh, talking about this, and he says this is a solid re-signing. The midfield's pretty crowded, though. Uh, he's the top defensive midfield choice on the roster. Yeah, they do have a lot of midfielders. Their 11 looks pretty set, though, and I was taking a look Tampa. at it. Yeah, Tampa's. I mean, it, it looks like a, a pretty solid team right now. I think the biggest question mark probably is what Danny Mwanga could bring as coming off of the bench, because it looks like at this point they might be running a five-man midfield. Speaking of midfielders and teams which had a lot, we haven't yet heard much about Minnesota's signings beyond Pino and Lang and those few like roster announcements that they made we've heard very little very little um there's no word yet on what the terms the deal with Slatan will be but <laughs> yeah no we're waiting we're waiting on a lot we, of we are waiting Minnesota. so we'll see Miami FC signed goalkeeper Mario Daniel Vega he sounds like a wrestler that's uh, too bad right I, I mean that's too bad I mean he's gonna be competition for David Sierra right who uh, I'm pretty sure actually an an open goal would be competition for David Sierra. 
Which, by the way, you're going back to this, like, Spanish, David Sierra. Now, see, now that sounded Italian. <laughs> You'll get there one of these times, man. Right? Yeah. Uh, no, he's 31. He was born in Argentina, so they now have two international goalkeepers. I mean, we don't know what Sierra's status is, but and again, Miami didn't tell us, which is really annoying. Guys, NASL teams, if you're listening, just tell us if these guys are international or not. Like, I, it's just frustrating to have this kind of unnecessary vagueness. But um, so if, if Sierra is an international, so is Vega, probably, because I haven't seen any indication that Vega had any chance to earn citizenship here. Mm-hmm. You've got two of your seven international spots taken up by international, or by goalkeepers. What? That makes no sense to me. Because one of them is definitely going to be on the bench most of the time. Correct. So what's the point? Yeah, and will never be subbed into a game, you hope. Uh, Vega played for River Plate in both the top division in Argentina and their uh, the second division there when River Plate were uh, relegated. As you know, a huge story, that one of the oldest clubs in Argentina to be relegated. That was a massive story back, I think, in 2011. Mm-hmm. So he's had some experience there. He went over to in Cyprus to play for a team called anorthosis which to me sounds a lot like a liver disease <laughs> man my uncle was doing so well but the other day the doctor just uh, diagnosed anorthosis three months boom gone upstairs to meet with the, the the big guy up there anorthosis the big guy up there being set bladder exactly got it he also saw 14 caps in his first year in cyprus um with that club one the following season zero last year and now here he is in miami yeah, I, th- I think last year, quote-unquote, I should say in the notes, was 2015-2016. So I should say in the half season or so he's been in Cyprus so far. He hasn't seen any action. So we'll see. Interesting enough. Uh, three NASL players have joined the Haiti squad for the um, Copa Centenario playing around. This is to decide which teams actually get to the Centenario. Most of the spots are picked already, but a mm-hmm. um, couple uh, need to have kind of playoffs to decide and Haiti is one of the teams uh, so it's going to be Meshach Jerome for Jacksonville Pascal Millian who is at Jacksonville I think so yeah and and also um, Stuart Seuss who the NASL website says Stuart Seuss from Atlanta I'm like guys do you even have an Atlanta anymore because <laughs> I'd be interested in knowing that information if you do um, you know what Jeff we have uh, the NASL's top 10 on our list to discuss but why don't we do that next week because this podcast is kind of running a little bit long already we let these good people get back to their lives, and uh, next week, hopefully, things will be a little quieter, and we'll have some time to go over whether we think the NASL's top 10 moments were worthwhile or not. Sounds good to me. All right, well, Toughcast 36 comes to you next week. Until then, please subscribe on SoundCloud and on Stitcher. Hopefully, by next week, we'll have a new iTunes feed. Um, no idea. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Uh, that is if Jeff and I are actually still alive after braving sub-zero temperatures at uh, TCF Bank Stadium. Possibly. We'll bring you some ideas about what we think of a football game versus a football game. Exactly. Well. I, I was just saying, I had been telling him, you know, maybe we could get press passes if we say that we are a locally based football podcast. <laughs> and maybe they'd let us on the field or something, but it wasn't going to happen. That would be hilarious. All right, everybody, have a great rest of your day and a great start to 2016. Jeff and I will be back with you next week. Mm-hmm.